Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Right, a couple of other things to get to. Tommy Pham, I guess, is banged up. I mean, he came into this game and grounded out in the ninth inning, but we haven't seen Tommy Pham start in a couple of days. They need him. I can't believe I'm saying it, but they really do. As good as Canna was in left field with his three outfield assists, Tommy Pham, for a while, gave this team a little punch offensively. He has cooled off considerably, but think about how valuable he was for a few weeks stretch. And they really need him out there because they're clearly going to trade him. You know, as we get closer to the trade deadline, the Verlander and Scherzer topic is a big one, but there are other names that I think are much easier to move. And if they aren't moved, because here's where I am with this, the seven games out of a playoff spot, while a part of me still dreams of them getting hot and getting back in this thing because of how mediocre the National League's been recently, you have to be smart about it. So where I would lean right now, Pete, is I want to make smart sells. I want to make the sells that don't completely eliminate me from that chance of getting hot and going on a run, but sells that, hey, I think they have value. I think I can get something back. And there's that double positive of, A, I'm getting value back, and I'm opening the opportunity up for somebody else. So the reason why a Max Scherzer and a David Robertson is not a smart sell in terms of that idea is if you trade David Robertson, you're done. You're done. There's no way to replace him. It doesn't open up an opportunity for somebody else. You're just taking away your best reliever, and while you are probably going to get something really good back, the old dream of, hey, maybe they get hot, they go on a run, that's out the window with a Robertson trade. Tommy Pham is a, and Mark Canna are trades where it opens up opportunities, specifically for Ronnie Mauricio, if they ever call him up, even though Billy Epler still says he hasn't hit the right check marks. Needs to prove himself defensively, offensively, all that crap. You open up an opportunity for Mauricio, and those are guys that are not going to be here next year. Because you also have to think about next year. The Mets are not rebuilding, they're reloading. So if you trade a guy this year 
were they a part of next year's plan? Tommy Pham's a free agent. He won't be. Mark Canna's a free agent. He won't be. David Robertson is probably one of those guys you'd want to resign because you're going to need him for this bullpen, hopefully with a healthy Edwin Diaz. And I want to make something clear. That doesn't mean I wouldn't trade David Robertson. It just means I need a really good offer to trade David Robertson. Because I know once I trade him, I'm backing the truck up and I am completely giving up on 2023. I need something really good back to pull the trigger on that. But as far as Tommy Pham and Mark Hanna's concerned, let's go. Like, I don't think anything is holding me back now for trading those guys. I, I have no problem trading those guys. If Omar Narvaez, I mean, hey, listen, the I know Ben Rordfred get called up for the Yankees, but I'm sure they're looking for a catcher now with uh, Trevino, Trevino going to the uh, out for the season, basically. Like anybody that needs a catcher, Omar Narvaez, let him go. Yeah, you know, I, we don't. You don't need him on this team. I'm I'm a thousand percent with you. I wonder if he has any value at all. I mean, he's barely played this year. Uh, it's not like he's done that much when he has played. Yeah, teams could use a catcher, and I think the Yankees are obviously a great example of it. But I, I can't imagine they're going to get that much back. Do you think Trevor God has any value? <laughs> I keep thinking back to me, and I and I take the blame on this. A week and a half ago, saying, "Ah, oh, that's what I love about Steve Cohen paying that uh that Chris uh Chris Flexen DFA. How great is that?" <laughs> uh, let's get to some of your emails. Igor writes, uh, "Even with all the injuries, why do we fr- refuse to bring up Ronnie Mauricio? Instead, bring up Danny freaking Mendick. Mendick can't even field his own position." This is typical Mets. Why not give one of our best prospects a shot and infuse some life into this lineup? What's the harm? Mendick is terrible. Epler can't be gone soon enough. Now, here's the public comments from Billy Epler. And this is uh, via Anthony DeComo, who tweeted this on Sunday. One big reason why the Mets didn't call up Ronnie Mauricio when Luis Guillorme went on the IL this weekend is because they want Mauricio to become more acclimated to second base and the outfield, two newer positions for him. I'd rather that happen in Syracuse than up here, Billy Epler said, adding that Mauricio still has offensive benchmarks the Mets want him to reach as well. (laughs) Yeah, these kind of comments and these kinds of reasons make a lot more sense in May. They make a lot more sense in June when you're really in a pennant race. They are on the outskirts of a pennant race. And so now I would want to see him develop at the major league level. I would want to see him here, especially when you look at those other options. Danny Mendick should not be playing for the New York Mets. You want him to be the 26th guy on your roster, fine. But right now, with the injuries on this team, he isn't the 26th guy on the roster. He's going to play. Jeff McNeil's going to play the outfield, and they would need somebody to play second base. Ronnie Mauricio should be up here now. I'm with you on that. Asher Weiss writes, no mas. I'm taking a break from another loss game and another loss series and another loss season to repeat a point I made to the Rico all the way back on June 4th. The Mets should trade all the short-term contracts they can, except maybe Verlander, because where are you replacing him for next season? Back then, I was overly positive. I thought the catastrophic excuse, or the, I'm sorry, I thought the craptastic excuse 
for a competitive Major League Baseball team was likely to finish 500. That's not happening. After the trade deadline, there's absolutely no reason for us to ever be subjected to a Vogel back, non-at-bat, at-bat again. Vientos can only strike out and play no defense. I have a soft spot for Tommy. Robertson and Rayleigh are effective. Trade them all. It's time to start planning for next year. Hopefully, David Stearns will be around to rescue us. He is right, though, with that thought process. You have to look at next year in the prism of any trade you make. Verlander and Scherzer have to be replaced if you trade them this season and you clear all the complications of paying down most of their salary and getting a prospect back that you deem worthy. You still have to replace those guys. This rotation is not going to be good enough. And I think that's got to be kept in mind when thinking about all these Verlander and Scherzer trades. Okay, but here's the thing, though. Right now, we just saw Scherzer last year have a decent season. Like it was, it was good. It was good enough in big moments. He wasn't, he wasn't good. We we got that towards the end of the season, he failed, and this year he just completely shit the bed, and and he's basically washed. We we have no, he's not got no value, but we don't know what to do with him. Justin Verlander is somebody who I don't know how much. He, longer he has left he's shown some great signs but he was also on the il for the first half of the season basically so it's like if he's gonna pitch well if he's pitching well now maybe that is the guy you have the most value for maybe he is you said it yourself of course get rid of mcneil he sucks get rid of Marte. he sucks get rid of all these guys that suck they have no value right now who has value justin verlander might be the only actual pitcher you have that has value but even if he has value who's eating his innings next year you see what i'm saying no i get that but but i gotta be honest with you if that's what we're if that's what we're worried about if we can't if we can't bring in a top-end free agent or can't trade for a top-end player we're screwed anyway because if no no, man there is gonna be bad here's the thing is you gotta look at the big picture we're talking about, well, who's going to pitch those innings for Max Scherzer? Who's going to pitch those innings for Justin Verlander? If they're bad, does it make a difference who's pitching? No, but no, they're, they're not. But, but that's the point. They're not bad. They're bad in terms of the expectations we have for them because they're Hall of Fame pitchers. I mean, I'll give you a good example. Lucas Giolito is a free agent. And one of the intriguing things about Lucas Giolito is that he takes the ball every five days and he'll give you innings. Even if it's a high three, low four ERA, look at some of his numbers over the last couple of years. But I bet we'll be doing a podcast during the offseason and we'll say, look, we'll take the 30 starts. We'll take the 185 innings, even if it's a four ERA, because we need innings. The reason we'd accept that from Lucas Giolito is because our bar is different. Our bar for Max Scherzer is being an ace. He's not, but he doesn't suck in the context of every five guys you need to pitch. Like they need pitchers in their rotation. So you're going to pay down 80% of Max Scherzer's salary to not have him here, but then have to pay $17 million a year to replace him with a guy who even in the prime of their career is not as good as the washed Max Scherzer. You see what I'm saying? I do. I do. It's weird because it's like, you're right. We can pitch Max Scherzer. He can get shelled enough for five innings to lose a game. Or we could pitch Doug, uh, Dave Peterson and let him go two innings and get shelled and lose a game. 
what's what's better? None of them are good. That's the problem. There's no good options. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Sam Garcia writes, Sam Garcia writes, Evan Pete, I've been listening to the pod since the beginning. I've enjoyed every second, blah, blah, blah. I think the biggest miscalculation the Mets front office has made this offseason was acquiring bullpen arms who had options instead of signing guys who are proven commodities. Furthermore, I wouldn't be opposed to the Mets acquiring relievers with team control beyond 2023 at this year's trade deadline while simultaneously trading guys like Robertson, Pham, and Canna. What say you? First of all, you're right. And I think the Diaz injury only added to that. Now, one of the guys, in fairness, Pete Nine, a lot of Mets fans wanted the Mets to sign was Zach Britton. Zach Britton hasn't signed anywhere. So he wouldn't be the best example. The best example of a guy we both wanted them to sign was Andrew Chafin. And I think if they had added one or, dare I say, two more proven relievers, it certainly would have helped this bullpen because all of the, hey, maybe they'll get something out of this guy, guys, they haven't worked. Up and down. Jeff Brigham was one of those guys. It hasn't worked. John Curtis from a year ago was one of those guys. It hasn't worked. Trusting Drew Smith this season as being a circle of trust guy has not worked. The one move that's worked is Brooks Raley. That one has worked, but for the most part, these bullpen acquisitions, kind of the, hey, this guy has options, low-budget arms, they have not worked. Now, I do agree with you. I think if you're acquiring guys, kind of like what Brody did a couple of years ago with Marcus Stroman, if you're acquiring guys that are under team control for next year, of course I'm in, because the Mets are clearly, and I'm with them on this, They're going to try to win in 2024. This is not a full rebuild. If this was a full rebuild, you'd be trading everybody for young players. You have to simultaneously, yeah, try to get prospects back for guys that have value, but also say, what's helping me in 2024? It's kind of the crux of this debate Pete and I are having about Scherzer and Verlander, how as down as I am on them, and I don't think I'm contradicting myself, I'm down on Max Scherzer based on the expectations we have for him, but I don't necessarily think trading him just to get rid of him makes the Mets better. That's an emotional thing. And look, I'm an emotional guy too, but to pay off his salary and have him go away to get a B prospect, I don't see the positive in that. You know what? So the Mets can get rid of some of his money to reinvest his money. How about you just keep his money, and go buy someone else too. Like that's I, I know that's going to bring the payroll up to crazy numbers, but that's the better option. Am I wrong? No, no, you're not. Because if, if, if Cohen keeps on going the way he's going, he's going to be, and I said this the other day, and think about this, Evan, there's 30 teams in, the, in baseball. 
Steve Cohen is at the at, getting to the point where if he keeps on selling guys like Scherzer and paying their money, he's gonna be he's gonna be paying like twenty percent of the league salary. It's outrageous. <laughs> it's outrageous. And he's gonna because again, like he's gonna stockpile trade Scherzer, pay off all his money, and then bring Lucas Giolito for twenty million dollars a year. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Now, there are a couple of young med pitching prospects who have looked good over the last couple of weeks and months. Christian Scott, uh, Christian Scott, Tyler Stewart, just to name a few. And we'll spend more time on talking about those guys as the offseason approaches. But two guys I can't figure out. Tyler McGill, since he's been sent down to AAA, has been atrocious. Is that the mental anguish of being a minor league pitcher again? I don't know. And the other guy who's really struggled recently is Joey Lucchese. So the Met starting pitching depth has not fared well down at AAA. It's part of why this whole thing feels so hopeless. <laughs> it's, it's a part of it. Okay, so the one thing, and again, we don't talk about the we talk about the offense as the the one bright spot that we have, and there's where all the prospects getting called up. So you talked about Mauricio and how you know he's defensively not sound enough to get the call up, which is total bullshit. Because let's be serious. The defense has sucked ass for the past three months. That being said, Mark Vientos is now called up. He's been playing pretty much almost every – they played every every game in the series, right? He looked okay. Give me a, your take on his approach. You talk about a bad call, about the umpires being terrible. There was a low outside pitch. He got strike two on, and he looked furious. The next pitch – about the same placement, was able to drive a ball, get a single hard. Justin Turner couldn't play it. Gets on first base, and he seems fiery. He looks pissed. Is that why he's not getting the playing time? Because he's a bit too fiery. <sighs> I don't know, man. I don't. I don't know if I buy that. Why? Why do you think that? Because I don't understand why else he does. They've they've said. Show Walter said. That something of the you can't you know you can't screw up the good ones right the good ones will find right, a way right. to play, but there was something about when he went sent back down to the minors that his attitude was good yeah he took it yeah. well why would that be a thing if, if it was if it wasn't I don't know if that's being fiery more than it is work ethic, which I'm not saying he doesn't have the work ethic. I'm certainly not in the room to know that. I don't know, and it's been a mystery really dating back to last year when Buck made some comments, too, about Vientos. I think it was, well, Mark's had a great year, and I think Buck said, well, in what way? Like, almost questioned if he had a great year. There does seem to be, for whatever reason, you know, you bring up the fieriness. I don't necessarily think it's that. There has been some kind of disconnect between Mark Vientos and Buck Showalter. But I really believe in the next week and a half when this trade deadline passes, he's going to play every day because whether Buck likes it or not, and he's probably not going to be here next year anyway, they got to evaluate what they have in him. They got to see. They got to find out, like, is this guy worth being on this roster next year? Is this a guy who can be a DH against lefties and righties? Is this a guy worth being a just a DH against lefties? Is he just a right-handed bat off the bench? What the hell is he? Because none of us know. You know, there are times where Mark Vientos looks overwhelmed at the plate. He didn't have a great offensive day on Sunday. 
He didn't. He struck out twice. He bounced in with double play. He did look a little bit better on Saturday. We need to find out more about Mark Vientos. And there's going to be a lot of that, unfortunately, over the last few months of the season. We do have the Subway Series coming up. I don't think anyone really cares about that, other than the Mets are playing the Yankees and the Mets need to win some games. The Mets are playing the Yankees. The Mets are playing the Nationals. The Mets are playing the Royals. The Mets are playing some teams they can beat. I'm not even going to say should beat because I don't think they should beat anybody. But Justin Verlander is going to be on the mound in one of these games. Jose Quintana will be on the mound in these uh, in the other game. And honestly, I it's late July. There has been no sign that this team is about to get hot. There have been games here and there, little brief moments, but there has been no full sign that the hot streak is about to begin. Will it begin at Yankee Stadium coming up in the Subway Series? I tend to doubt it, but I will continue to be here as a fan in the midst of two-and-a-half-hour games, daydreaming of them turning it around. But if we're all being intellectually honest with each other, there has been no sign of that occurring. Uh, I agree. It's, it's, it's terrible to say that this season is completely washed. It's a, I mean, to go from 101 wins to not making the playoffs when you've expanded the playoffs is disgusting. But I will make a prediction right now, Evan. Yes. Trade di- deadline is almost a week away, right? Is it officially a week away? Whatever it is. August 1st. Yeah, August 1st. I will make this prediction right now. The person that is least likely least expected to be on this team come trade deadline, but we'll still be here at the end of the season, season excuse me, Daniel Vogelback. <laughs> that guy is going nowhere. He is here for the 2023. Enjoy the ride. As long as he's not playing the predominant, as long as he's not playing the most of the time at DH, I guess I can live with it. If he's just rotting on the bench as a left-handed bat, fine. But if he's if he's starting every game in September, that'd be a that'd be a problem that that we'll have an issue with. We do have a busy week of Ricos coming up. We will give you an instant reaction to Game One of the Subway Series, an instant reaction to Game Two of the Subway Series. We'll also preview this trade deadline. We'll go more in detail on who they may be dealing, who may be interested, what veteran players they could be interested in based on that whole. Hey, if the guy is controlled for next year, is it worth going after? And obviously the whole Verlander-Scherzer debate as well. We'll go deep into the Mets trade deadline coming up this week, along with the Subway Series and reacting to all those games. You can always email the pod to RicoB at gmail.com. Obviously listen to the fan this week. New schedule begins. Sal Licata, Brandon Tierney in middays, me and Tiki in afternoon drive. So we hope you listen and we appreciate you downloading another edition, another depressing edition. Alvarico Bronia. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Rico Bronia podcast. It's amazing, isn't it? Make sure you download it now to keep it on you at all times. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with h track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. 
Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.